Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, there you are. All right. Good to see you guys this morning. Uh, I am really excited and happy to be back up here and... Um, We'll just have to see how much rust is uh, is on the old uh, wagon, and we'll have to kick it off this morning. Um, but I am really honored and uh, blessed to be back in this place. Molly and I, uh, there were so many different things that happened over the course of the summer. Um, one of those things is that we both came to realize how dearly we love you guys and how much we um, wanted to come back again. You know, a lot of people asked me uh, as we were leaving, like, you are coming back, right? And um, I always said, we'll see. No, I, <laughs> I never said that. I said, no, we're definitely coming back. But um, but this summer's been great, and it's but it's it's really good to to spend some more time with you guys. If you're here for the first time, we consider it a real honor that you would come and uh, worship with us, spend some time with us. So uh, yeah, so. Um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what we have been up to over this past summer. And it's not going to be, I know, uh, you know, what I did last summer, kind of cliche. Um, but really what I wanted to do is I wanted to share with you some of the things that God did in my heart and some revelations that I experienced that I think will be um, helpful for you guys. And um, if you had spoken to me, uh, you know, for the first couple of months or the, the months leading up to uh, our sabbatical and you were, you know, kind of asking like, hey, what are you hoping for? Um, certainly I was hoping for rest, but I was also really, really, really hoping that God would move in my heart, that he would do something, that I would experience some sort of a, a, a big type of a, a revelation. And as the days of the, the sabbatical sort of went on and on and on, I kept going, God, when's the big revelation going to happen? What I didn't realize is that it was happening in a really amazing and powerful way progressively. Um, and one of the things that happened with Mal and I is we would we would often take walks and we we had all this extra time together, and we spent so much time together that we needed to get marriage counseling while we were gone. Actually, that's true. <laughs> but we planned it ahead of time. So it wasn't that we spent so much time that we needed it. We just knew that one of the things that we wanted to work on is our marriage. Um, and I, I would just encourage you guys, you know, we will keep referring to those flames, but that flame that we called grow is growing in personal wholeness, emotional wholeness, spiritual wholeness. We don't want to be uh, the type of people that look really pretty and good and spiritual here at church and then go home and scream and yell at each other and have all this dysfunction. And so Molly and I are people that work on our stuff. And um, I want to encourage you guys to do that. So we we did spiritual direction. We did counseling. Um, and we just had lots and lots of time to talk. And one of the things that the Lord really impressed on our hearts was that this is a special season. 
that we were in. And it's obvious, right? It was like this clearly marked out three months. Um, and so we knew we were in a season, but God was saying, this is a really important season for you. This is a really important season for you guys to grow and to hear my voice and to kind of catch a hold of what it is that I'm doing. And the Lord um, brought to my mind over and over again, Ecclesiastes chapter three, which I know that many of you guys probably know these verses by heart. But I want to just ask that I could read these to you and that you would um, open your heart again and just allow the Lord to speak this wisdom to you because um, I know that he actually has something to speak to each of you guys in this wisdom of Solomon. And so here's what Solomon wrote. He said this, there is a time for everything and for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to harvest. There's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to cry and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to grieve and there's a time to dance. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. There's a time to, to search and a time to quit your searching, quit looking. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet, and there's a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate and a time for war and a time for peace. And the Lord kept showing me that we were in this season. And he said, pay attention to what it is that I'm doing in the season. I don't know if you've ever had the Lord kind of prompt you or, or shake you or kind of pull on your sleeve and say, pay attention because you're in a season. And one of the things that, that I notice about myself uh, particularly, and I notice about people in general, especially us American people, is that we are a people that don't do very well at paying attention to seasons, right? We pay attention to our days. We think about our lives in terms of days. We oftentimes think about our lives in terms of uh, weeks. Uh, if you're an organized person like Carly, maybe you look at months, but we don't often think of the seasons that we are in. We, we do seasons here in the Midwest with, from a weather standpoint, but we rush past all kinds of other seasons. So often we don't know the season that we're in. We don't know what God happens to be doing or what he wants to be doing in a season of our life. We don't even know so often what is going on in our hearts in any given season. We don't know what's going on sometimes in our bodies in any given season. Guys, can you relate to that? <laughs> you don't know what's going on. And then some doctor's like, your blood pressure is through the roof, man. It's like, I had no idea. So, so we, I, I, I wanted, the Lord was like so um, challenging Molly and I to slow down and to pay attention to the season that we are in. And I, I sort of feel like, does anybody know what a cow pusher is or a cow catcher? Anybody? 
Cow pusher, like it, the reason I learned about cow pushers is because our kid Cole was into Thomas the Tank Engine uh, as a kid. And uh, if you are a Thomas the Tank Engine guy, then you had to know what a cow pusher is. The cow pusher is that thing in the front of uh, the train. And the idea is, is that uh, throughout, you know, the history of the train, uh, Cows would just kind of meander onto the tracks as they're feeding, and these trains didn't want to stop, and so they would just launch these cows off of the train tracks. They wouldn't even slow down. You can just imagine that for a moment. It's an interesting image, right? Cows flying all over the place. But I sort of feel like, church, I feel like that's sort of how we do in life, that we rush through, we barrel through seasons of our lives, never really taking enough time to pause, to listen, to wonder, to ask God, what is it that you're doing in my life right now? What is it that you're doing in this season of my life? What are you doing in this season of my key relationships? What are you doing in this season at my workplace? Or what are you doing in the season at church? We, we, we're not a people that pause very well or get still very well or take time very well. And I believe, church, that when we barrel through life with our cow pushers just knocking obstacles out of the way so that we can get from A to B, I believe that we end up getting banged up. I believe that oftentimes people around us get banged up. And I and I can see how so often we can miss the things that God is wanting to do in our lives because we were so focused and directed on just getting whatever it is that we're doing done And sometimes God is calling us to slow down. He's calling us to turn. Sometimes he may even be calling us to stop. And we need to begin to think about seasons that we're in, and we need to take enough time to hear God's voice in this. And I, uh, I, I want you guys to, to think about the fact that we here at Thrive, we are in a very special season right now, a very unique season, a particular one. It's a unique season for us because Molly and I have been gone for three months. That's different. Right? That's different than last summer. This season is really, really different because um, over this past summer, Thrive has had a number of key families move away. People that were really important to us. People that you loved and people that loved you. And when that happens... There's a, there's a, and there are implications for that. There's emotional impact. There's, uh, impact in terms of how we will continue to do the call that is on this church. How will we accomplish the ministry? It's not a small thing when something like that happens. And so I wanted to, to take some time to encourage you to reflect on that, to, to think about that, to pray through that, uh, because those seasons matter. And, um, I, I, I actually have uh, just, uh, honestly, I feel like it's a, a prophetic word for our church. I, I just, as I was praying and thinking this week and writing, the Lord uh, was kind of showing me that we um, we lost some Elijahs, right? Elijah was maybe the the the, the most important uh, and powerful prophet in the uh, in the Old Testament, and uh, Elijah was this great leader. And and when it came time for Elijah to step away from uh, Earth, right, to step away from his ministry, I'm sure that it shook uh, those that were following him. There was like anxiety in the air, right, and because there was this rumor that Elijah was going to be taken back to the Lord. 
And what those people didn't know was that there was an Elisha waiting in the wings and that there would be an Elisha that would be raised up who would have a double portion of the mantle, a double portion of that ministry power and that calling that Elijah had. And the message that I want to share with you guys that I believe the Lord was in just impressing upon me was that the Lord is, is raising up some Elishas in this church. That there will be some of you that will be given a new mantle of authority and a new mantle of leadership. It's true. It's going to happen. And I believe, too, that the Lord will actually um, be sending us some Elishas. And so I just want you to ponder that. I want you to ask the Lord, are you putting a new mantle of ministry on me? Are you doing something in my heart? Are you going to give me more authority, more influence? What are you up to, Lord? Um, and so I just wanted to share that, but the Lord was causing me to pay attention. And so I slowed down. As a matter of fact, what I did, you guys, is I stopped my train. And I literally, I stopped it all together and I made this really interesting decision. And it was a decision that I had never made, uh, since I'd become a Christian. So like 30 years or more, I had never done this in my life. And it, and it's this. I decided that I wasn't going to do one thing because I was supposed to do it. I wasn't going to do anything that I didn't want to do. Not one. And so what that meant was, is that, I would wake up every morning and I would go, what do I feel like doing? And then I just did that thing. And that meant that for a little while, I quit having a proper quiet time. And what I would do, you guys, this is so scary, right? This is like, it sounds like sacrilege, but just hang with me. Um, when I say that, you know, I just did whatever I wanted, believe me, I wasn't like King Solomon where I took a thousand wives or anything like that. Like, whatever my heart wanted, I just, no, I, I can barely handle one wife. But, but, <laughs> I'm, yeah. <laughs> Counseling. Um, so, but I just decided, I'm just going to get up. I'm going to do whatever it is that I feel like doing. And so I would get up in the morning and uh, I would water my yard by hand. I would grab the sprinkler. My neighbors think I'm crazy or just completely dumber than a box of rocks because I would have the sprinkler in my hand and then I would just do it like this. And I'm sure there's like some type A personality that wanted to slide me, put it on the ground, it works better. But there was something... Um, Something metaphorical about me standing out there watering my dry grass that was edifying to me. I would wake up and I would go for a walk or I'd run over to Panera and drink coffee or I'd read a book just for myself, not for anybody else. And what I had come to realize, church, is that, and, and, and if you are uh, a leader of any sort, or if you're a parent or um, you know someone like that, you may resonate with this. But one of the things that I discovered is that over time, I had begun to take everything that the Lord had given me, and rather than feasting on it for myself, I would just give it away immediately, right? Nothing sat on my plate long enough for me to be um, strengthened by it. If I read a good verse, it was to give away to somebody else. If I listened to a good podcast, I thought maybe that'll preach. If I, you know, anything that I took in, I did to feed you guys or to look like I was doing a good job or something. And as I was coming into the the uh, the sabbatical, I wondered, 
am I just a professional Christian? Am I, am I only doing this because I'm supposed to, because that's what pastors do? And so, like I said, I decided to stop the train and I began to just do only what I wanted to do. And after a few days of, of doing really nothing, tinkering around the house, I began to wonder, is this okay, God? Like, is this okay that I do this? And as I was watering my yard one morning, I suddenly felt so powerfully the presence of God with me. And one of the things that I'd been asking prior to uh, the sabbatical is, God, I want to feel you again. I want to feel your presence with me again. I, I know what the Bible says. I preach it all the time, but I want to feel your heart for me. And so one morning as I was watering my yard and just loving every second of that, I could just feel God with me. And I could feel the peace and the joy that he was experiencing as I was watering my yard. And I realized that God was abiding with me, that he was hanging out with me. And one of the things that I love that I actually um, just heard this morning, uh, which is kind of kind of funny to me, but um, do you guys know who Dallas Willard is? He's a, he's a great, you know, uh, author and pastor. He's, he's gone now, but he's one of the most influential people in, in, uh, in evangelical Christianity. But Dallas Willard one time was asked, um, describe Jesus in one word. Describe Jesus in one word. You know what he said? He said, relaxed. He's relaxed. And what I felt as I was pondering whether or not it was okay that I wasn't dutifully hammering out devotional times is that when I sat on my front porch drinking coffee and when I watered my yard and when I took a walk and when I read a book, God was there with me and he was relaxed. And I I learned something about abiding about abiding. And um, I'm going to share with you that scripture, but you know the concept of abiding, right? It, it, it means to remain, right? Jesus said, abide in me and I'll abide in you. And I my, I don't know how you interpret that scripture. I don't know how you uh, uh, assimilate that, how you do your abiding in Jesus. But for me, abiding was always a challenge. It was always a difficult thing because uh, because I'm a little bit ADD, And I I always felt like abiding was something that I had to do overtly, right? So abiding happened when I was reading the Bible. Abiding happened when I was, you know, talking to God. Abiding happened when I would sit here in church with you guys or something like that. But if I wasn't concentrating on God, I wasn't abiding anymore. And... um, when I was in college, I lived in a house with about 40, 40, 40, 40 45 guys or so. And uh, around this time of the year, every year, our house would have this big old tackle football game, right? So big football game, everybody would show up. And uh, on one particular year, we were playing this football game. And I had a friend of mine whose name was Tim. And he was this little freshman engineering student. And he was literally my height. And he 
could not have weighed more than 130 pounds. Like he was the tiniest little guy. Um, but we also had a guy in our house, and I can't remember his name anymore, but he was a hulk of a man who played high school football, and he was six foot four, 267 pounds. And the reason I know he was six foot four, 267 is because I asked him about it after the game. And what was so burned into my brain, you guys, was that on, on one of these particular plays, this big guy caught a pass and began to rumble towards the end zone, and he's just knocking, because guys are bouncing off him left and right, and my little buddy Tim wrapped his arms around this guy's ankles and clung on for dear life and got dragged about 20 yards, and eventually he brought the big man down, right? I couldn't believe, I was like, that's the most incredible tackle I've ever seen in my life. And that's the way that I have often felt about God and about abiding is that I had to chase him down and I had to wrap him up and pull him down through my activity, through being good, through spending time, through my sheer focus of him. And I learned that that's not what abiding is at all. And so I wanted to read for you guys um, what Jesus says about abiding uh, if I could find it in my notes, because I've just totally walked away from them. i got to get used to this. Are they up there? Do, do you have abiding on the screen? There we go. I'm just going to read it from the screen. Uh, nope, that's not it. There it is. <laughs> Smooth as silk. All right. John 15, 4. So Jesus said, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I suddenly became aware of this amazing little phrase. And the phrase was, and I in you. And I in you. And the reality, church, is that God abides in you. That he is pleased to be with you. And what I discovered that was such a delight is that God was pleased to be with me as I did dishes. And he was pleased to be with me as I took a walk. And he was pleased to be with me as I tinkered around the house. I am no handyman at all. And uh, I, on one of these particular days, I um, I decided to set up a power washer because the side of our house was turning green. And um, I had gotten this thing online and uh, I got it set up and I turned on the hose to full tilt and I pressed the trigger and it was just this tiny little pencil thin stream And I was like, that is so disappointing. And it just barely got the stuff off of the side of the house, literally like a pencil tip. And I'm like, goodness gracious, this is like so not worth it. It took me an hour to just like do like a foot. And my kid, one of my kids is really, really handy. I'm like, my children have to help me do things. But my kid, Cole, was handy. And he was walking by and said, hey, man, take a look at this power washer. Like, it's not working. Uh, Like, I I don't know what the issue is. And he looks at it, he goes, it would work a lot better if you turned it on, dad. (laughs) And he flipped the switch and... It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. It was like so fun, right? 
But even as I was like making a mockery of myself, I could feel God abiding with me. And I, I, I want to ask you guys, what is your experience? If, if this was a continuum, and on one hand, you've got Kevin who thinks that you have to wrap God up by the ankles and pull him down for him to enjoy your presence, for you to be able to be peaceful with him. Or on the other hand, I, could it be, you guys, that God is so happy to be with you in whatever it is that you are doing because he's relaxed, because he's peaceful. And instead of God getting his identity strengthened, instead of God being made whole when we pay attention to him, God is the one that has all the strength. God is the one that has all the peace. And so when we are doing whatever it is that we are doing, we can get our strength from him. We can get our peace from him. We can get our hope from him. And so that's really um, the turning point for me this summer, was a new way of seeing the goodness of God. And so I just wanted to, um, I wanted to share that, and this is not a long talk at all, but I actually wanted to do um, some ministry with us as a church. And it's my, it's my prayer, it's my hope that a couple of things will happen. It's my hope and prayer to you guys that you will learn to slow down the train of your life that is just rushing through the season that you are in. And each of us have that cow pusher in front of us that is just knocking things out of the way that ought to be paused and observed. So I want, I want to encourage you guys to take some time in your life to ask the Lord, what are you doing right now? To ask yourself, like, what's going on in my heart? To take time with your relationships. And so, um, this is like a really, really simple message and I'm just here to report what I experienced. And I want to try to help you guys to experience that blessing. So we're going to give God some time. I, I'm ending early so that we can allow God to do some ministry here. Um, and we're also going to do some ministry around um, this 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 thing, this prophetic call that God is going to be raising up Elisha. So if I could just have you guys stand up. And we're going to, um, we're just going to rest. I know I, I do want you to stand. But we're going to take a moment and, um, yeah. Thank you. So this is the moment. Um, I don't know what will happen after today. I know it's Sunday and I hope you guys get some rest, but we're just going to take a deep breath and we're going to just, just be for a minute. So I, I would encourage you to close your eyes. God promised that um, he would never leave us and forsa or forsake us, but he also said that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. It's, it's an amazing thing that God is in the room right now. And he's in your heart. And I, I, I have a sense, church, that uh, some of us have gotten too rigid in our perspective of God's goodness. Some of us have gotten too fast in our pace of life. 
maybe we've forgotten just how amazing and good and kind and self-sufficient God is within himself. And so, Holy Spirit, I invite you to make us aware of your presence right now. Lord, we just take this moment to rest in your goodness. And and Lord, if you want to speak, speak. There may be some of you guys that has that same longing to um, to feel God's presence again. And that's a that's a good thing to ask for. Some of you are are tired. You're weary. You may even feel a little bit banged up by life right now. And the Lord just knows that so well. He's pouring out his care and his kindness, his strength. Holy Spirit, would you pour out strength on this this community of people? 